0: Go ahead and sing. Dude looks like a lady.
1: Like lady. Yes, yeah, so that's that,
0: like a Muppet version, though. Well, it does have that like weird sound at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's. Didn't you hear it when I was doing it?
0: Oh, I thought that's. We, I thought we were just doing the same thing, but like. Yeah. One better. than but the But like other.
1: mine was like yeah ex- exactly. Mine was so much better. <laughs>
0: Your Inner Child is an Idiot, podcast where we look back on things that we liked as kids and see if they're any good. My name's DJ. But it's not, my name's Damon. My not name's to, DJ.
1: Yeah. Your name is DR. Dr. X. Yeah. Dr. X, coming to you live. If I was a basketball player or a morning shock jock, that's how I would be introduced. Funny enough.
0: You're uh, pretty close to a shock jock. I mean, you, you're literally speaking into a mic right now.
1: And I have said fag on this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you have this uh, turntable full of sound effects over there that you always. <laughs> oh,
1: I got you again. Me so horny. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: too bad. Um, hey,
1: Damon. It's too bad you. <laughs>
0: We're talking about <laughs> so just the general idea of morning radio. <laughs> that, that that that's exists. too
1: bad that, that happened.
0: I used to wake up to Bob and Tom.
1: Bob and Tom. And uh, are they out of Indianapolis? Yeah, but they're I have big a got- in Ohio. Who works for Bob and Tom or really? worked. I don't think Bob and Tom are a Are unit they not anymore. a thing anymore? I think they divorced. Oh, that's too bad. You know, when the sex goes, that's when you can. That's when you know it's ending.
0: I didn't really like the show, but it did wake me up because I'd be so annoyed. They'd always just be laughing. Just always laughing.
1: I think as a mor- as a non-morning person, Ugh. the idea of people enjoying themselves in the morning the is w- quite possibly the worst thing in the world. Ugh. We had Woody and Jim here in Nashville mm. and they just were so pleased with themselves and you could hear the Hawaiian shirts through them, through the <laughs> mic. It was offensive.
0: Speaking of shock jocks, Robin Williams was in Good Morning Vietnam. Wow! And also this movie, Mrs. Doubtfire. Which wow, was that
1: is out. amazing. Thank you. That is amazing. And sometimes in the movie, he's in front of a microphone. Yeah, like you and I, like shock jocks,
0: and you and I. <laughs> uh, this is another Robin Williams joint. Uh, this was an enormous movie. He's twenty-five years old this year.
1: Wow, Mazel so. Tov! You can finally rent a car, Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: Something we can all reflect on is that time continues to time to tick away.
1: Wow, that Yeah. Did, does anyone else have a tear in their eye yeah. when you think about that the way you phrased it? It's like poetry. I think time <laughs> is a thing we all have we all have
0: dealt uh-huh. with,
1: okay? Because we are aged and continue to age more okay yep two two pronged uh we're both aged and age more
0: this i mean no more is it clear than in this movie mrs doubtfire you got the late great you
1: got the late great no more is it clear (laughs) than in this movie that time passes no more is it clear than in the 1994 comedy mrs doubtfire 1993 my apologies i should have remembered it came out the same year as the fugitive yes i don't care i don't care uh, originally in line from Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones was going to be hunting Mrs. Doubtfire across the United States.
0: So y- you obviously saw this in the movie theater, right? Like, I mean, this was in I mean, do I, experience,
1: do I experience time? Well, well I think we established I that we I think we, we established do. that if you do, you know Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, yes, I have seen this. Um, uh, and I also taped it off of the HBO oh. um, when I was a Ute. Home box office. Home box office uh, channel network. Um, and it became an old standby for quoting between me and uh, my friend Jeff when we were in college. Is that true?
0: Yeah. What would you quote? What was your What were your favorite quotes?
1: Oh, that's a great thank it's you. It's a run by fruiting. It's a run by fruiting is great. Um, we're his goddamn kids too. Okay. I don't know if we actually quoted okay. that. Okay. Okay. A little <laughs> bit more questionable, <laughs> but all right. A little more blasphemous. <laughs> Um, it's nearly the holidays, okay? Uh, we would sing Matchmaker Matchmaker, but in specifically in reference to this so that what what was that quoting? Is that
0: quoting um Fiddler on Fiddler the on the, roof. On the roof
1: okay. And um
0: uh Harvey Firestein played Telly Savalis in that
1: <laughs> played Telly Savalas in Fiddler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, did I get that right? You were so close though, okay. Absolutely so close, uh yes, Harvey Firestein plays War- Robin Williams' brother, right that's right. ooh, another one me and Jeff like to quote. Sally Field gets a very Sally Field moment in the climax the this whole movie. time
0: the whole time uh, uh, we would quote that I quoted that one. one, yeah,
1: and Broad City did a fantastic parody of the really? final scene from Mrs. Doubtfire, where I was like, there's a scene where Abby Jacobson starts dating a guy who works in her gym that's been a douchebag. He's kind of like, he's very nice, but he's kind of a douchey guy right. Um, throughout the whole series. And she starts dating him in one episode and she doesn't want to let Alana know. And she goes on a date with him. And then it happens to be that Alana is celebrating like her mom's birthday in the same <laughs> restaurant. I'm like, wow, Tyler, this is a lot like the end of Mrs. Doubtfire. And I, and Abby had to switch between tables. Right. Um, I was like, "Wow, this is like brazenly just ripping off Mrs. Doubtfire." And then Alana, at one point, she says, "Was you you were here the whole time? The whole time? The whole time?" (laughs) I was like, "Oh, they're it's on purpose. We're about the same age." They acknowledge. They know what they're doing. They're funny women. Um, I'm expecting that.
0: I love this movie. Growing up, mm -hmm. Um, I'm expecting that this will partially hold up. With uh like a large smattering of transphobia.
1: A large smattering? I, I feel like we're gonna size. get a sousant. A soussant of Like a ramekin full. At least. I mean, we're always gonna when you're this queer adjacent in a film, in yeah. a mainstream film, there's gonna be some some phobia of some kind. Gay panic or trans yeah. panic or something.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's the the whole like like it all kind of gets lumped together, especially in this era of like right. of like He's dressing like a woman, therefore X Y Z. He is like, a pervert. Yeah, all these things that are like, well, those are a bunch of different things, right? But uh, they're just quote unquote perverse to the heteronormative community or whatever.
1: Well, like, to this movie's prejudice. credit, though, I mean, his this is probably one of the first mainstream movies I remember. Harvey Fierstein plays his brother, and Harvey Fierstein has a partner, right? Um, and they are referred to as partners. And they're seen, you know. I mean, it's not like they're making out or anything, but they are seen like being a loving couple. Like and it's about one each of the other. first times, like, right. I remember seeing one, seeing a gay couple and having it not be really remarked upon. I think there is one line where Robin Williams, Robin Williams refers to them as Uncle Blue and Aunt Jack. Right. Um, but other than that, it's like a non issue. And it's, I remember being, as a kid, being like, Wait, are they... Are we going to talk about this? Are they gay? Are we just yeah. being cool with this? Um, but uh, memory serves, there is a, a very specific transphobic scene. Mm. Um, there are some scenes where people are transphobic. I think the judge at the end is kind of like just generally phobic towards right, him. Right, But that's also portraying the judge as kind of a jerk. Right, yeah. Um, although in the judge's... To the judge's credit, I mean, a man was pretending to be someone. Yeah, else. that's that's the other thing. Is it like <laughs> to see his children that he is legally not allowed to see? Right. Well,
0: I think I think we all.
1: But there is a specific. Just to, to get to yeah. my point, there is a. I think there is a specific transphobic scene by by one of the protagonists that's treated like, oh well, of course, right. this is a natural reaction.
0: Right. Well, and that, I think we all generally remember the beats of this story so I I think we're gonna get it right but the general thing is he dresses like a nanny to take to be close to his children like that he's his wife is like trying to keep him away from because they're going through a divorce um but the other thing is like he's not doing a good thing like this is this is a very like the way he's deceiving his family while it's played for comedy and it is funny uh that's fucked up. Like what he does, like pretend to be someone else, infiltrate his uh, family and then, you know, gaslight
1: them like, you know, for the rest of the movie. I would say he is definitely, any lawyer could tell you, he's engaged in chicanery. Yes. And it borders, Muchery, It borders sure. on skullduggery. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's not a good look on right. anyone. Um and there are a few movies where people are in full-on latex where the movie wants me – like, part of the plot is, like, they're in disguise. Right. And I'm like, um, do you think that people can't tell when people are wearing makeup and latex in real life? You don't think that we can yeah. spot that with the naked eye when you're not under, like, Klieg lights and, like, heavily made up that you're just out and about in a giant fat woman costume? <laughs> Pretending to be a Scottish woman. You're saying real life uh, latexery is not as convincing. Right. You need that movie magic. Yeah. Well, I mean, even on Saturday Night Live, you're like, I can see your skull cap. Right. You know, that little
0: seam. Well, that's the trick of this, because it is a movie. So you do need to know that it's Robin Williams contractually. (laughs) (laughs) Like in, uh, no, this is different cause he's not playing a human, but like, you know, Jim Carrey and the Grinch, oh, Yeah. you like, if you, if you didn't like know to look for it and someone was like, never told you it was Jim Carrey, you might not know. Sure. Whereas like Robin With Williams. With him mugging says, around like a jackass. Right.
1: You'd probably get an idea. right. Well,
0: yeah. But you
1: know, you wouldn't know your own father just cause he's wearing a. Latex right and but i mean uh in the grinch the grinch isn't wearing necessarily latex but he's wearing a santa costume That's and true. cindy lou who sees right through it's it. true actually she doesn't i'm like he doesn't even have a beard it's Come like on. the whole he's also
0: green i always wonder though because you know i'm very confident that like i would know that clark kent is superman but maybe i wouldn't you know i, I maybe i'm Maybe I'm being uh, tricked every day you know, I will by say, somebody.
1: I don't have glasses blindness like Ms. Lane suffers from, yeah. but I do have hat blindness. Yeah, I will. I, the yeah. other day I was at a bar and a guy I know, he was wearing like a toboggan and he was like staring at me and I was like, I was staring back and he goes, hi, Damon. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh my
0: God. <laughs> you know, that is true. There, there's a friend of mine who's like, he's we're close friends now, but like the first five times I saw him, he... Always looked a little different, like oh, he shaved, he was wearing different glasses, or he was wearing a hat or whatever. He was dressed as a Scottish woman. Right. He was my nanny. <laughs> but and, he was also my dad. And every time I'd be like, oh, hey, well, uh, I'm DJ. And he'd be like, yeah, and say his name. And I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: that man's name But was it's also, Barack it was several
0: Obama. months, you know, removed from having seen this person. Right, he wasn't your freshman roommate. Right. It's not like someone I worked with in the Daily Planet every day.
1: Right. And was theoretically falling in love with. Right. It was (laughs) in front of you the whole time.
0: The whole time?
1: (laughs) The whole time?
0: I do – one thing I did like about this is that this was – or not like – like as a kid it was, I don't know, interesting to see like the couple doesn't get back together. You know what I mean? Like it's not like – Yes. They don't reconcile and – I mean yes, there's a happy ending but it's not like – oh, we're back in love together. Because that that's not what happened, you know, to my parents. And sure. so, like, seeing that was kind of like, oh, this is okay. Like...
1: For, yeah, I remember my brother remarked on it when we were leaving the theater yeah. uh, that he was surprised that the family didn't get back together. And I uh, get back together in the end. And I think it was sort of like a marker... I'm sure it's not the first movie, but it was like a marker for me, like a mainstream movie where the family didn't get back together and that is okay. Right. And it's probably for the best because honestly, in that first scene, uh, I'm totally on Sally Field's side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and,
0: and just like in real life, like sometimes that's, you know, maybe sometimes they should get back together. But like most of the time, couples that divorce is like,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Robin Williams, uh, even though he is the 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 main character – or maybe because he's the main character, he is sort of portrayed as a fuck-up who gets his life together.
0: Well, yeah, it's uh, growth. You know, right. What do you call it? Character growth. Yeah,
1: that's part of the Joseph Campbell, you know, he, the, the hero. Uh, with...
0: Period of self-actualization, right, right, right.
1: Sure, yeah. That's... Isaac
0: Asimov's <laughs> period, uh,
1: period period, of self-actualization. Right, when you're going through that period of self-actualization. Yeah. yeah, I think I got all of those words right. Everything flawless. Um, But he's the fuck-up and, and Mrs. Doubtfire, Being Mrs. Doubtfire teaches him how to live his life like a normal fucking human being Mm -hmm. and not be a gross slob who annoys everyone around him. I will say, I will reiterate, um, from our hook conversation, this will also deal with uh, some dramatic scenes of Robin Williams. Ernest Robin Williams. Ernest Robin Williams. Ernest R. Williams. (laughs) I do have an allergy to that.
0: (laughs) Ernest R. Williams, Esquire. I'm I'm excited to see that. We are going to watch... Rest in peace. But well, I mean, yeah, of course. We are going to watch Mrs. Dowfire. It's on Amazon.
1: I think it, it might be on Netflix this? right now, though. isn't it?
0: Okay, we're going to check it out. We'll let you know when we get back.
1: Probably won't. We'll probably,
0: we'll probably forget. Won't. We'll probably forget. But fuck you. Watch it wherever you want. We'll be back.
2: Hi, this is Jason Sherbaugh, I'm a first-time caller, but long-time listener of the uh, podcast. Love you guys' your show and love your work. Keep up the amazing job that you're doing. Just want to call in, uh, listen to the Son-in-Law podcast and want to share two quick stories with you. One, uh, when I was young and we watched this movie, we realized that they actually go back to South Dakota and all of the cultural issues uh, that came over that movie with them being in South Dakota, the biggest one being they are fishing with green grass on Thanksgiving. So really surprised you guys didn't notice that and bring that up, but just wanted to point that out. Second thing, my fun Polly Shore story. Uh, a group that I was with was doing some relief work after Hurricane Katrina, and we were hauling some water and this pickup pulls up, this guy leans out the window and says, hey, do you guys need help? And we said, no, sir, we're good. We don't need any help. Pickup drives away and somebody goes, wait, was that Polly Shore? So we ran up, caught him at a stop sign, knocked on the door. We're like, Hey, are you probably Short? And he goes, Yes, yes, I am. And he looked really excited. Like he was to talk with us and have some fun uh, having a conversation with people doing work there. And we said, Okay, cool. Thanks. Just wanted to double check. See ya. And then he drove away. So anyway, keep up the great work. Love the podcast. Feel free to air this if you want. Thanks again.
0: We are back. Hello, dear. Oh, puppet. I don't oh, like that puppet. nickname, puppet.
1: Well, I'm sorry. I guess go talk to some women who survived the Blitz and complain to them. I think it's. Uh, isn't there a movie where some villain says,
0: "Hello, puppet"?
2: Is that May- maybe is like
0: a? Is it Pirates of the Caribbean?
1: Maybe. Uh, you know. Um. Your I just movie. started my 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 doctorate. I just started my doctoral thesis on Pirates of the Caribbean. So ask me in a few more years okay. when I have more information. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Damon, would you please recap this movie, Mrs. Doubtfire, parentheses nineteen ninety three for thank you. me and the audience, please, mostly uh, the audience. No,
1: thank you. Uh, first off, thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. Um, the movie is centered around the Hillard family. Hillard. If you're Pierce Brosnan, you might say Hillard, even mm-hmm. though you're dating the woman and no idea uh, to want to it. be a stepfather to those children. Um, but uh, Daniel, played by Robin Williams, mm-hmm. he's a voice actor, mm-hmm. and uh, he gets fired from his voice acting gig. Mm-hmm. Um, But he comes home to sort of gloss over the fact that he's lost his job um, to throw his son, who uh, is currently being grounded or something and can't have a party. He throws him a party anyway and trashes the whole house, which uh, drives Miranda Hillard um, over the edge. And she decides to get a divorce. Um, It's like
0: the straw that broke the camel's back.
1: Right. It's not like that's the only reason. It's not like they were hot and heavy and then all of a sudden there's a petting zoo in her (laughs) house and she's like, that's it. Although, hmm, who could blame her? Um... Anyway, through a series of fortunate events, uh, this leads uh, Daniel to use his acting chops um, and his brother's ability uh, at uh, stage or screen makeup. Film makeup. um, To transform into the mm, Scottish, English, Mrs. Doubtfire. And he portrays a nanny to his own kids so he can be close to them since Miranda got full custody in the divorce. And uh, they're hijinks, some of them transphobic. Who can say? Mm. Um, and uh, the eventually. The trans
0: community. That's who.
1: That's specifically who could say. Yeah. Um, uh, eventually, uh, Miranda starts dating 007, the fourth or fifth 007, Pierce Brosnan. It depends on if you count George Lazenby. Um, you should. And of course, he's the one who gets married. You were no. counting, and then you just sort of stopped counting. I'm not up on my Bond trivia. Um, She starts dating Pierce Brosnan, mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel doesn't like that. Starts uh, gaslighting her, tries to uh, sort of uh, use his wiles to stop their relationship and stop him from moving in on her family. Long story short, they have a very full houseian uh climax where... Uh, Daniel has scheduled a dinner at the same restaurant as himself with a TV Mm -hmm. executive and as Mrs. Doubtfire with Miranda and the family. Um, And he has to switch between both. Eventually he's get found out and uh, Sally Field gives an Oscar winning performance Mm -hmm. uh, in the imaginary Oscars in my mind um, for her one scene. (laughs) (laughs) And um, but in the end, he gets to see his family anyway, and he gets a show playing Mrs. Doubtfire mm-hmm. on TV, a kid's show. So I glossed he, over a lot of that, but the middle part is fairly uh, He learns nothing episodic. and he
0: gets everything back, <laughs> except for his wife.
1: He broke several laws, but one <laughs> anyway, white man, colon, the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's basically, that's uh, that's it. Uh, pretty impressive uh, cartoon voiceover work, like right over, the, I completely forgot about this, the opening scene, which is <laughs> uh, Daniel doing live voiceover which he's looking at a finished cartoon doing the voice acting for it's it, almost is... like
1: they don't do voiceover for cartoons that way yeah
0: but he's doing all the voices and he's doing them really well and then but eventually he starts improvising because the main character
1: is forced to smoke a, like cigarette.
0: Smoking a cigarette and enjoying it and he, he likes to be like <laughs> and yeah. they don't like that because that's not what's in the script
1: um, These must not be established characters if they would just fire the voice actor who does all the voices on a whim. Yeah, remember when they tried to do that to Harry Shearer on the bur- on the on the Burns? I call it the Burns, but they go with the Simpsons for some reason. <laughs> the Burns is, <laughs> uh, and they were they were like, uh, "We'll just give you more money if you please come back." Yeah,
0: and he was like, "Okay,
1: I'll do it." Back that truck up, please. <laughs> beep beep. Got Matthew Lawrence, uh, Lawrence the younger. Lawrence, Lawrence the, the the both the greater and the lesser in my book. He's a very handsome Explain Lawrence that. nowadays. Okay. Kept all his hair, too. Sorry, Joey.
0: Why is he the lesser? Just because he's the less famous. Yeah, he's the less okay. famous
1: Lawrence, I guess. Also,
0: Martin Mull plays Sally Field's boss.
1: This is one of those movies where there are a lot of people whose names you know in weird small roles. Yeah. And according, if the trivia on IMDb is to believe, it sounds like a lot of this movie ended up on the cutting room floor. So that would explain why someone like Martin Mull, I'm not saying he's an A-list actor. Calm down. Don't write in. Um, but <laughs> it seems weird. To. He literally idiot, has Jamie. like four lines. Yeah,
0: He's barely why in list. Why would movie. you
1: cast Martin Mull? Yeah, it's just... And then uh, the woman who plays their neighbor uh, sounds like she did have a, an extensive role, but she really, really should have gotten scene. Martin Mull to play that part. Yeah, that would be perfect.: they keep that. But she was the villain. She's the mean lady in town in Gremlins who no. gets shot out of a window by the Gremlins. <laughs> She's recognizable as well. Um, I think that's it. I feel like there was one other like, why is that guy here? Mm. But I can't remember.
0: Mara Wilson has the cutest kid ever. She's like, in
1: a, like laboratory video. cute. Like, yeah. it's disturbing. Matilda. Oh, but with a lisp. It's very adorable. Why um, would you want that mommy to die?
0: What else was uh, the Q tip lady, his, uh, his court ordered uh, supervisor, that lady? She always. She was looks, in
1: Liar Liar?
0: Yeah. She always looks like a Q tip to me.
1: She does, she has a, she's like, we can't get Jessica Tandy. Get me that woman.
2: <laughs>
1: she's uh, believe, a fine actress. Yeah, I mean, she's in a lot of stuff, yeah. especially like this time of the, the mid 90s. Yeah. Um, but Liar Liar, I think.
0: Ann Haney. Oh, you were very close. Ugh.
1: Oh, she was in Psycho. Is that what it said? She died in 2001. Ooh, sorry, Ann. <laughs> sorry to hear it, Ann. Oh, she's in The American President. What's that third one there?
0: Oh, yeah, she's like the uh, secretary. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Midnight in the
1: garden of good and e- good and evil <sighs> the soundtrack of this movie is just like someone typed in <laughs> just man, woman into some sort of like search feature and just found any movie any song that remarks on men or women. luck be a lady luck be a lady tonight dude looks like a lady papa 's got a brand new bag what was the there was one more with man in it
0: uh walk like a man,
1: walk like a man. Walk like a- Character actor dressed like an old woman. That's one of my favorite songs by the four seasons.
0: Uh, You're an Old Lady Now by uh James Carville.
1: <laughs> James Carville. James Carville. When he's not running the Clinton campaign, he's writing songs about a divorcee trying to get his kids back. Come up with any singer name. So James Carnival! It's the economy, <laughs> stupid! And also, I gotta put this latex mask on. I said, James, and that even painted me into a
0: darker corner. I was like, uh, I a James Brown. <laughs> <There's> so <laughs> many
1: Jameses. Oh God. Oh man, uh. what a f- fun time i gotta commend uh i don't think matthew lawrence gets enough credit uh for his acting in this movie i mean he is in this movie he is playing literally every boy i went to middle school with (laughs) he's got the the semi mullet going on he's wearing shirts he's wearing whatever the equivalent the grunge equivalent of a zoot suit he's just got like button-up plaid shirts that are like 20 like he looks like he's shopping at big and tall stores there's no reason for him to be wearing the clothes he's wearing i i like when i was that age so
0: he's supposed to be 12
1: right he turns 12 literally in the first yeah
0: so when i was 12 13 14 i for sure double xl was my size and i while i was a chubby kid i was also five three or something like that (laughs) so like Double XL is not the shirt that I should have been ordering. I'm imagining you
1: in some sort of job of the hut,
0: but with like clothes just swirling around you. Yeah, that was the style. It was the style at the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unacceptable.
0: Onion Onion on my belt. Uh, he gets uh, Daniel gets a job at the studio, and the oh man, it's it's not a before. Um, it's like a he's just supposed to. ship film old
1: film canisters he thought it was like he thought mrs selner had got him a sweet ass gig and that he was gonna be like introducing the film on camera right like that's something you would also do to someone doing voiceover let me show you the literal film you'll be introducing on camera (laughs) um but yeah the guy that that shows him the
0: ropes is uh just like (laughs) you box it and then you ship it he's a real hard ass yeah and uh and uh There's a really funny line when he's like, and then after I box it, he goes, "You ship it. Lots of luck, smart ass. And then he goes,
1: I think I made a friend,
0: which (laughs) I hope to remember both of those and use them in in
1: everyday life. Me and my brother like to uh, do that if we hear something repeated several times. (laughs) And I'll go, after I box (laughs) them.
0: You ship
1: them smart-ass. I like that scene because it's also exactly what I would want to do with a grumpy. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. use my gay charms to win this grumpus over, and then be met with just a hard wall of nope! Nope. So, I want to give it a, a shout-out to Jeff. Okay. And, uh, Jeff! And the, the late Robin Williams, and the not-so-late Jeff, unless uh-huh. something's happened since the last I texted him on Thursday. <laughs> okay. um, but... Here are some of his lines that the Robin Williams lines that he likes. Um and they're kind of like what I would think of as like cat skills type humor. Yeah, My favorite yeah, yeah. being um That's uh as uh, I hold audience
0: this- audience, that's uh code for Jewish.
1: <laughs> right? I I like that New York humor. First off, it was, the, a lot of them were held in one scene where uh Mrs. Doubtfire is putting groceries away. She's got a stack of steaks in her hand. And she says, as I hold this cold meat, I'm reminded of Winston, her completely fictional made up (laughs) dead husband. Um, And Sally Field asks how he died. And she says, oh, he was fond of the drink. It was quite literally the drink that killed him. And she was like, oh my God, he was an alcoholic. And she says, no, he was hit by a Guinness truck. (laughs) Just very funny. If you're an old man. Um, I also, uh, there's another, the first time that Mrs. Doubtfire is watching the kids, Liddy, who's the old eldest daughter and eldest child, um, is pushing back on Mrs. Doubtfire's rules and Mrs. Doubtfire. And this is a line I still, it's one of those lines that's integrated so well into my vocabulary that I had forgotten that you know it wasn't it something yeah. I, I came up with myself. And she just goes, don't fuss with me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I uh, enjoy. The only choice is
0: total and lifelong celibacy. <laughs> she says that at
1: some point. <laughs> when he's trying to slut shame his ex-wife. Yeah. I remember before seeing this movie, hearing kids in my middle school um, quote the line, I am job. Yeah. Over and over again. I guess that became a thing. Yeah. It's not the funniest line. No. But it would be a line that a bunch of middle school boys would repeat. I remember my friend Ross and I thinking that was really funny. And Which like, is when Robin Williams is... Per- tending to call in with bad applicants right um including eagle-eyed listeners eagle-eared uh a transphobic one Mm -hmm. bad applicants quote-unquote bad applicants for the job Um, and he plays some indiscriminately foreign person who just says i am job i am job and sally field says as she should i'm sorry the position has been filled (laughs) which is a I feel like is a reference to my other favorite nanny-based movie, Mary Poppins. Yeah. Which a, one of the cooks says to a dog who's the only remaining nanny in line. The position has been filled.
0: <laughs> um I think I've heard you say I don't think you can get heat tr- heat stroke twice in the same year. <laughs> I feel like I've heard you say that before. He's uh, trying to make the I don't family know feel why. guilty. It they makes to- me
1: laugh but that whole Oh, I thought they out loud wailing.
0: Yeah. He's trying to—they uh, take Mrs. Doubtfire to the pool. We'll get to that later. And uh, he's trying to make them feel bad for, like, I don't know, going swimming. I mean, swimming.
1: She, she, one, like, needs to get out—having a reason for not getting into a bathing suit. Right. Uh, but also uh, sort of lays on a guilt trip. But it's like, you came. Right. What did you think we were going to do at the pool? Although, I mean, I guess the climax of the movie proves that Mrs. Doubtfire's employer, Miranda Hillard, uh, refuses to take no for an answer when her yeah. nanny, a person of her in her Im- employ, does not want to go to a personal event. Right. Um, yeah, she also says, uh, I'll just wait here by the side of the pool, and then starts muttering as you move in my family. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to... Sally Field, do you need a nanny or do you not? Because uh, near the halfway mark, yeah, it's Sally Field's just around all the time when, when Mrs. Doubtfire comes home. It's implied in the first part of the re- of the, the, the show, and one of the central plot points is that Sally Field does not want Daniel to pick the kids up from school and take them home, she home and needs hang out someone and, to. She needs yeah. someone to, but then it seems whenever Miss uh, in the latter half of the movie, when Mrs. Doubtfire arrives for work, Sally Field's there. And I started screaming, Sally, do you need a nanny or don't you? Yeah. Uh, and now they're taking her to pools, forcing her to go to birthday parties. Yeah, I understand, like, why the movie wants them all there. They want all the characters there. Sure. But, like, You're I You're paying for Sally Field get your money's worth.
0: Right, right. She's a
1: fucking two-time Oscar winner.
0: Yeah, she does not come cheap. I'll tell you that
1: much. We like her. We really like her.
0: <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Uh, I... Yeah, but it's really, it's kind of confusing because when you think about the premise of why Ms. Delfire is there, you're like, what? So is she being paid to go to this birthday dinner? She better be. She get, if being, I was Mrs.
1: Delfire, I'd be like, uh, check up front, Sally.
0: Is she being paid to go to this, the
1: pool? And why? Like,
0: I understand, like, you
1: could be yeah, like. Yeah, there's plenty of adult supervision, and she's an old lady. And you could be like. Who's had heat stroke at least once in a year. Yeah. Come and
0: on. you could sort of explain away. That even that she's there when Telly Field's home, cause she's there to cook and clean and, and do all that stuff. So she's like, OK, I'm just I'm going to spend time with the kids and I don't have to be running around cleaning and stuff because sure. Mrs. Delfire's here. But then you add in stuff like the pool and dinner and you're like, OK, so they're saying like, oh, she's part of the family. I don't know. That's weird. It's a weird
1: thing. Right. I guess it does establish having part a nanny of the is weird
0: anyway. Agreed. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's weird. It's a weird thing with lots because you become close with uh, in these sort of situations. And especially like when you uh, when people have like live in nannies or butlers or whatever, you're like, are they they're part of the family? They're paid to be there, but they are kind of part of the family sometimes. And but you
1: only like, know their last name.
0: Jeeves. And it's always and Jeeves. always
1: Jeeves. Yeah.
0: Kids love Dick Van Dyke. I think that's <laughs> something we've the established. The takeaway,
1: yeah the uh, the fight with Liddy and Mrs. Doubtfire in the first uh, the first, Mrs. Doubtfire's first gig. To put it in a language you'll understand, mm-hmm. um, it's a job. Is for that musicians. the kids want to watch? Did the Dick Van Dyke show?
0: Yeah, they're they're really they love into the it.
1: stylings of Carl Reiner and Dick Van Dyke. Kids love DVD. That's what I always say. <laughs> put on a DVD, they'd say, and you'd put on Bye Bye Birdie because kids love Dick Van Dyke. Do we, do we talk or Diagnosis about- Murder. Maybe they like the later career of Dick Van Dyke. I did like that uh, they kind of
0: painted Pierce Brosnan's character like, he's a little bit of a, like he's a little dickish, but he's pretty nice. Like He's nice to the kids. He likes the kids. He de- Like when he's, he doesn't know anybody's around, and Robin Williams is as Mrs. Doubtfire is listening at the mm-hmm. pool. He overhears him talking to his some guy he knows, but he's like, even though he like you expect him to say something creepy or, or done in this kind of movie, it seems like he should yeah. tr- have a heel turn there, but he doesn't. He's like, it
1: feels like the movie is setting you up for that parent trap moment, yeah, where we find out that he's a villain the entire time. But they don't. He he goes.
0: You know, he says, you know, like, I never thought you would, you know, you right. hate kids. You would never do this. And he's like, well, I actually like these kids.
1: And right. I was, he's know, a reformed dick.
0: Yeah. He's like, I'm getting <laughs> older and I realize that, you know, I don't want to live the rest of my life alone. And I really like these kids. They're great kids. Bye. And it was like, oh, like he's maybe a little arrogant or whatever, but, you yeah. know, only through the, mostly through the filter of Robin Williams character. But like, it's still like, oh, he's, he's a pretty good guy. Which yeah, it's kind of we- nice how it resolves with them not getting back together because you're like, mm-hmm. well, she's dating a pretty nice guy who she's likes her. She's dating
1: 007. She's dating Remington Steele yeah. over there. She upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> Until she finds out that he might be the father of one of Meryl Streep's children. And he doesn't know if it's him or Colin Firth or that Swedish guy. And he has to go to Greece to find out. And they're all singing Yabba songs. That's when their marriage falls apart, I can tell you that.
0: Oh, I see. You're describing Doubt, the movie Doubt. (laughs) This is Mrs. Doubt. This is Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: Sorry. I thought this isn't this one where (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman may have given alcohol to a 12-year-old boy?
0: No, 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 no. See, I understand that. The the names are very similar. awkward now. (laughs)
1: Um, yeah, I think this movie like subverts two um tropes that you would sort of expect from a movie like this, yeah. Um, which is uh, I almost said Philip Seymour Hoffman, but Pierce Brosnan. Um, you expect similar body types, two very handsome British men, rest in uh, peace. may he rest in peace, Br-
0: Pierce
1: uh, Brosnan. <laughs> Um, You expect him to be a dick and he's not, he's genuinely interested in the kids. And you, you expect that Sally Field will be forced into the Patricia Heaton, uh, shrill wife mode where, ah, yeah. oh, just let yeah. him be like yeah. cool dad. And the movie really does like flesh out her character in a yeah. very realistic way and gives her a lot of great scenes, uh, to sort of explain her point of view. Um, especially because Robin Williams' character, as she likes her job, she's
0: good at her job, she's providing income that they need as a family because they've got it doesn't
1: seem to keep her unreasonably away from her five thousand dollars per month mortgage
0: at this whatever minimum.
1: Uh, minimum. Um, but uh, there are a lot of great scenes between Mrs. Dow Fire, Robin Williams in costume, and uh, Sally Field, where Robin Williams is obviously trying to like either needle her into confessing, like something about. Uh him right, while you know while she thinks she's talking to Mrs. Doubtfire or needle her into you know uh confessing that she doesn't like Stu or confessing that she doesn't uh that she really, truly loved Daniel the whole time, trying to get like trying to like you know uh vindicate himself, and each time she gives a really good speech about like what it can feel like uh when you're with someone who's really charming but right. just can't get their shit together. Right. Um, Which sometimes I feel like Tyler could really relate to. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, it's like it's being funny is all well and good unless you can never be serious. And she talks about how Daniel can never be serious. Yeah. And that he would always make her out to be the bad guy. She's really given like a lot to work with and really made into a sympathetic character for a character that I think I don't want to give Chris Columbus too much credit, who is the director here but i feel like the scriptwriters really gave her a chance to be a very sympathetic character in a way that yeah. i think a lot of times in movies like this, From this she would era, just especially be like ilk. a mean shrill yeah. bitch yeah. who's just no fun to be around
0: yeah if anything like especially indicative of their argument at the end on on the set of the mrs doubtfire which is and ends up becoming them like agreeing to come together mm-hmm. It, the argument, like, I'm kind of like, did he learn nothing from this? <laughs> like, at the end, I'm kind of mad at him because he's like, he's so upset. I, I mean, it's kind of understandable because he's very upset because he's lost custody, complete custody of his kids. He right. Gets, and
1: on top of that, instead of just losing custody, he's got like, he has to be with someone when he's with his yeah, kids. Yeah, he gets a supervised. Court, a liaison. Yeah. yeah.
0: But at the same time, he's like, you took my kids away from it. He like does not acknowledge that he fucking lied to his entire family for months. Or however long it for $300 was for three hundred
1: dollars a week on top of that.
0: Yeah, and got paid. <laughs> I wonder if that last check cleared or. <laughs> How did he cash checks? Where well, maybe it was cash. It must have been cash. It must have been. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
1: make uh, that out to Mrs. Stoutfire, which is spelled D-A-N-I-E-L. H-I-L-L-A-R-D. Um. Do you want to talk about the the last scene? The
0: the or not the last thing, sorry. Do you want to talk about the dinner? The scene? climax, yeah.
1: I feel like even when I saw this as a kid, I remember thinking that this is like a really sitcom it's very wacky end, yeah. Um, and it felt like almost, I don't know, it's, it's very hokey, I guess. And it was, it, it felt like maybe they were like, I don't know how to resolve this thing, yeah. It is. I mean, it's
0: It's an iconic scene. Like It's like what they showed in the... Half of it they showed in the well, trailers. Well, help is, help is on the way. Help is, is on the way. Help is, like,
1: is on the way!
0: He jumps over a yeah. wall. Uh, and it's... Yeah, it's very... It is very sitcom It's very wacky. Um, and there are some really funny moments. What I didn't realize when I was a kid, or I didn't remember, I guess, is that he's drunk. Because when he meets with the, the TV mucky-muck... Mr. Lundy. He gives him, like, Three scotches to start.
1: Right at the start. Three double scotches.
0: Yeah, and then and then he keeps pumping him full until like I think he's had
1: five scotches during that scene. Yeah. Which would like destroy that's
0: like blackout material. So that and he starts acting more and more drunk as the night. And that idea And a
1: Chardonnay, a good stiff Chardonnay. Right.
0: (laughs) Which he also, you know, they show him drinking. So the fact that he's like kind of it gets sloppier. And he eventually mixes it up and he loses his teeth and all that kind of stuff. It makes way more sense because I'm like, he's terrible at this. I was who thinking that. Who could not keep
1: track of when you're in drag who you're in drag
0: with and who you're not in drag with? Well, and the first when they first did this, I was like, the first thing I would do if I found myself weirdly in this position was I'd be practicing that quick change over and over again until I was really good at it. I talked to my my costume makeup artist brother. Sorry, my makeup artist brother and I'd <laughs> I'd f- talk about quick changes. I'm sure he knows somebody, you know, right. that could help him out. Hair, and makeup, you know, they could get that figured out. How to do like maybe get like a full mask? Uh, oh version yeah, with the wig Mr. attached. Downfire. Done. Yeah. Look like Michael Myers, <laughs> but the fact that he's actually completely sloshed <laughs> makes it a lot more. I mean, believable is not the right word, but it makes it make more sense. I think. Yeah. Um... And then he says carpe dentum when he has to <laughs> seize the teeth. Really
1: uh, like. Yeah. Tell them
0: to puree the salmon.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of it's still kind of a disappointing scene. I'm trying to place why though it's, it's very sitcom ish. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I can really place why it just seems like such a very, I mean, of course it's like a high concept movie where a man is impersonating old woman to see his kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think they do a good job of making everyone into a realistic character. So it doesn't feel as though the script is doing a lot of work. Right. Um, and then at the end, it just becomes a very high concept scene where you have to sort of, he has to do a lot of skullduggery to get like, that's the second skullduggery of the show. Jesus Christ. Uh, he has to, you know, finagle better, um, <laughs> getting into the smoking section so that he can be in the separate section from Mr. Lundy. It's just a lot to keep up with all of a sudden. Yeah. And, um, we got the table number it, callbacks. It also it's like, I sometimes think of myself as Mr. Lundy, or I think of myself as, as Sally Field, like waiting at each table. Like how long are these stretches of time must right. be? Like, is it like 10 or 15 minutes where someone's away from the table?
0: Yeah, and he is—he's away from his family for a really long time. Yeah, because he gets—they actually get into a conversation. They actually talk about the his thoughts on children's programming and stuff. And he's—and he's had a lot of bunch of drinks. And then so they're drinking. And then yeah, so like
1: he also tries to kill Stu uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about that. So, <laughs> attempted murder,
0: Pierce Brosnan. Yes, character at this fancy restaurant. Or seemingly fancy restaurant. Or Bridges.
1: It- Bridges? Yeah. DJ? Yeah. I think it's a fancy <laughs> restaurant. I have no
0: idea. It's owned <laughs> by Lloyd, Jeff, and Bo. The ghost of Lloyd Bridges. Yeah. Well, he was still alive at this point.
1: Was he? Yeah. Yes. Um <laughs>
0: But Bo, though.
1: Was he? Yes.
0: Anyway, uh he at this fancy restaurant he orders jambalaya, which is
1: if you're allergic to pepper, don't order that. And he says that. he's
0: allergic to pepper, which, let me just say, hey, Damon, pass the pepper. What are you going to pass me?
1: The pepper?
0: What's the pepper? You're going to pass me some telicherry peppercorn, peppercorns.
1: Oh, uh-huh.
0: Probably in a grinder or recently ground. You're going to give me fresh ground.
1: If I'm at Bridges, yeah, recently ground, of course.
0: You're going to give me FGP. You're going to give me fresh ground pepper, okay? <laughs> probably black pepper. But he says I'm allergic to pepper, and then... Robin Williams goes in the kitchen at some point and dumps a bunch of cayenne pepper. I know this is not worth getting upset about. But it's weird that you'd say I'm allergic to pepper and then he's allergic to cayenne pepper, but then so it makes him choke on his shrimp, which he ate a whole jumbo shrimp in one <laughs> weird bite. Yeah. And then he's choking and that's when we get the help is on the way. He comes over, still dresses Mrs. Doubtfire and then he gives him the Heimlich maneuver. And then he coughs up the shrimp and he's fine. That's not how allergic reactions work.
1: The pepper would be be in his throat. It was not
0: distracting to me as a child, but it was kind of distracting to me as an adult. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Choking and allergic
1: reactions are two different things. Yeah. I also feel like, maybe this is what you were trying to say, but pepper is a fairly broad term. Are yeah. you allergic to table pepper? Are you allergic to cayenne pepper? Are you allergic to bell peppers that are probably in this jambalaya anyway, since they're part of the holy trinity right. of Creole cooking? So what the fuck are you ordering jambalaya for? <laughs> um, it's just, yeah. mirepoix
0: Is that? No, that's carrots. Anyway, sorry.
1: No, but I mean, in Creole cooking, it'll be, I think they take out the celery and it's bell pepper. Thank God. So it's, you son of a bitch. Celery's gross.
0: Most importantly, though, we get the end of the scene and it's revealed that Mrs. Dowfire is Daniel, and then we get the best 10-second performance of the movie for sure, possibly of the year nineteen ninety three, which is Sally Field, her rage, her confusion, her disappointment, all vacillating very quickly back and forth.
1: We have to go. I have to leave. Have we to have, have, have to go. go. I have to go. leave.
0: The whole time, the whole time? Oh, it's it's really good.
1: She's great. Um, it's a very, uh, if you're a fan of soap dish, like I am, it's a very Celeste Talbert of Sally field to bring back this, just like impotent rage that is, can only be channeled through continuously speaking. Um, it's really very charming and winning rage. Mm. Uh, Hey, let's talk about queerness and gender and Mrs. Yeah. We got,
0: we got to talk about the thing that, yeah, I feel like I'm going to let you take this.
1: Uh, Hey guys, what is gender expression? If you look to your right where I've created this poster board. No, uh, there's a lot going on in Mrs. Doubtfire, as you would expect from a movie where a uh, hetero cis male dresses up like a 65-year-old Scottish woman. Mm. Um, But one of the things that bothered me when I saw this movie, probably as a young gay, uh, Mm. there's a lot of like semi-toxic masculinity in this movie that kind of grosses me out. Like the relationship between Robin Williams and Christopher Matthew Lawrence's yeah, character yeah. is this like gross mannishness. They did. uh, that's just like when we first see Robin Williams, he picks up his kid at school after he gets fired from his voice acting gig. And he's talking about how he's planned a secret party for his son and his son goes a stripper and, uh, Robin Williams, you know, jokes around but says no, and he's like, Two strippers? And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Why is this what this twelve year old want wants? Do twelve year olds want strippers? Strike that. Does anyone want strippers? Well, yes. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I think especially in the internet age, I'm like, what is this? What are we doing here? Aside from all getting boners we can't do anything about in a room with each other while looking at a woman who technically can't touch.
0: I I quote my good friend Kermit Pio stand-up comedian who says it's like giving a hungry man a menu and then just walking away. <laughs> That's like but even it's just kind of like I've never been a big like and I'm not just saying this to uh <laughs> to like Peacock like it, it's been always been weird and gross to me the whole stripper concept because it's just like what are you doing? What is happening right now? What
1: is this? I'm a big
0: fan of, of breasts, don't get me wrong, but like no, yeah. it's very weird. It's a weird sure. concept and I don't like the idea of strip clubs and I've never been in one.
1: You've been in one. No slight to uh, women who work in Do whatever you dancing. want and if you, like if you as long I as I just you... don't understand how the industry exists. Yeah. If you're It's this weird half measure that I'm like why aren't we just going haul hog on this? Yeah. You want you want fuck clubs. But I may then that might just bother me because as a kid, I would probably be around his age when this movie came out. Yeah. Maybe a scotch younger. And I probably was also uncomfortable with the idea of like, I don't want a stripper at my party. Is that there's something wrong with me that I don't want a stripper at my party? The answer to that is yes and no.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I would have wanted like, uh, like comic books.
1: You would have wanted Spider Man at yeah. your party. Yeah. But also stripping. Sure. Yeah. Um, get down with that. There's also I'm going to stick with just toxic masculinity. Then we can get into toxic masculinity as expressed through transphobia. Okay. But um, there's all when when Robin Williams is you know moving out, he turns to Matthew Lawrence and says, in earnest, Robin Williams' voice, which means he cannot raise his voice past a whisper. That's what one thing I learned in this movie yeah. is like if Robin Williams is being serious he can't talk any louder than this. No, louder than this. He's <laughs> being funny. He's like Shazam. But, but if he's being he's got to talk like this. And he turns to, to Matthew Lawrence and goes, "You're the man of the house now." And I'm like, "Ugh." Like, the, the 12-year-old boy's in charge just because he's the only bedicked person in the house? <laughs> the 12-year-old who ostensibly triggered the divorce of the family? He gets to be the man of the house? Fuck off. All right, let's 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 ease into... Let's dip our toes ooh, into the icy cold water of transphobia. Got it. Uh, so, at some point, the two eldest children, Matthew Lawrence and... Lisa Jacob, I believe, is her name. Liddy? Yeah. But, I mean, her character's name is Liddy. Liddy and Chris. Um, uh, She's doing a spelling test with Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire Mm -hmm. says, Call of nature, dear. And gets up, goes to the bathroom uh, to have a slash, as she would know it in her own country. Um, And Matthew Lawrence comes to go to the bathroom as well. First off, lock the door. Even when you and I lived together, you would mock me for locking the door. And you see what I would have (laughs) prevented? I discovered you that I was making an extra living as a Scottish nanny for a divorcee in San Francisco. Um, It's really weird when there's
0: only two people that live in the house, both fully grown adults who know not to walk into a closed bathroom door. But so uh, I would hear you go. (laughs) with a little click.
1: click. Um, Matthew Lawrence walks in on uh, Daniel, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Peeing, Peeing, standing, standing up, up. Um, and he runs away, uh, terrified. Yeah. Goes to to Liddy We've and call the cops. Says, "Yeah, first first course of action: if there is a trans person in your house, call the cops immediately. Grab the nearest tennis racket or any other athletic equipment to defend yourself." That's
0: with. what the the sister
1: grabs. Right, the, she yeah. grabs a tennis racket, um, and then um, and it's all. Portrayed is like, we, the audience, should definitely understand what's going on here. Um, someone who whose gender expression might not match the uh, stereotypes we've attached to their biological sex um, needs to be beaten to death with a tennis racket because they've entered their home of your volition. You've invited them. You've hired them to be your nanny. Well, so they you'll have to beat them to death.
0: They're automatically saying, stay away, Like because... Because right. of that, because they're going to rape them, he's going to be attacking them or you know, sexually assaulting them. In one way or
1: um, eventually, the jig is up, and uh, sorry,
0: the gig. I'm a musician, so
1: <laughs> well, you're I, I'm a Irish dancer, so and the a, jig for me, sailor. um, uh, he uh, Daniel comes out and says, You know, I'm I'm Mrs. Doubtfire, I'm your father. Or, Luke, I am your father. Right, Liddy, I am your father. Uh, and then Liddy's, oh, dad, it's great. I don't mind that you've been lying to us in they're this, not, the craziest now they're not, now way possible. Now is when they should be pissed. Uh, right, and they're totally cool with it. Um, except for? Uh, yeah, except for Matthew Lawrence, who also has this weird, weird boy moment, um, who, uh, you know, Liddy hugs Daniel, and uh, Daniel's like, Matthew or Chris or whatever the fuck his name is. You don't actually is. like that, dude. He's you, like, Dad? you don't actually like wearing this stuff, do you, Dad? And he's like, no, no, I just wanted to be closer to you guys. And then Matthew's like, uh, it's, he's sort of prompted for a hug. I can't remember who does it, and he's like, nah, no, nah, I mean, I'm I'm okay, but I'm not ready yet. And and like Robin Williams, is like, no, I got it. It's it's a guy thing. And I'm like, fuck you. This this is all in your fucking heads. You're just wearing a tweed skirt. I mean, everyone should be bothered that you are lying to people in the most duplicitous way possible, and it's mentally unstable, but this is the least of your worries. Yeah. Oh, your dad's wearing a skirt? Fuck off, you bastard.
0: I do think, though, and I don't want to defend that reaction, but I do think that it's realistic, or it could be realistic in that a 12-year-old would react that way. No, a
1: 12-year-old in 1994 would probably react that way, but it was still just like... I remember as a kid, and I was not a particularly woke kid. I don't right, want to like right, create right. a mythos around myself. Yeah. But like, even as a kid, I was like, "Why is everyone being so weird at this moment?" Like, it's just this. It's like this reinforcing, like, yeah. men should wear men's clothes unless under specific circumstances. That Sally Fields being a total bitch, and it's the only way you can see your kids. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason a dude should wear skirts.
0: Yeah, that's and the I-
1: Matthew Lawrence way.
0: I could see, and I was probably an even less woke, <laughs> a more asleep teen. I probably, probably would was have teen. reacted similarly to how his character did. Now, I am not saying that's the way you should react or should teach your kids to react, but that is.
1: I am not saying it's not realistic. It's just it's it weirds gross. me out.
0: Well, and like you know, it's the movie sort of in tacitly endorsing that, right? Like being like, yeah, of course you would be totally fine with your dad lying to you but weirded out that he's wearing a dress. Right. Like, who cares? That part is not the part that you should be pissed about.
1: You should be bothered that your dad's trying to kill your soon-to-be stepfather.
0: With limes. With
1: pepper and limes.
0: <laughs> to run by fruiting. The other example is when they're on the phone. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. The, that was the worst for me, was the, yeah. the kids finding out. Because yeah, those yeah. kids are supposed to be sympathetic. There is a... You Go on. You, you tell it
0: so when I have the
1: line written down here if you need it I do yeah so when
0: uh, Sally Field is fielding oh wow a job she was born to do calls from calls from uh, quote unquote potential uh, applicants to the uh, nanny job which are all Robin Williams just doing voices one of them he
1: calls and Uh, says uh, I don't work with the males because I used to be one and then she just clicked hangs up yeah and says yikes yeah Um, which is, I mean, I guess it establishes a history in this family that trans people will not be nannying my kids. Yeah. Um, it explains why, uh, the reaction is to call the cops and beat them to death with a tennis racket.
0: I think, and not to get too too serious about it, but I feel like the, the sort of awareness of, uh, what trans people go through and like what that they're just people and that, that they're trying to figure out, like they're, they're figuring out their lives like anybody else are. Uh, like that is a way that this country has grown a lot in the time since this movie in the last 24 years, 25 years. Not that we're, you know, if we were to draw like a start and finish line, we'd still be less than halfway in my opinion. But like, it's still like, I think there's been a lot of in the general consciousness, like, and certainly in mine, like a, a lot of like, Oh, Okay, this is not this is not something to draw a tennis racket <laughs> immediately no about.
1: At ease, Liddy. I mean, yeah, maybe no, no, no. the citizens
0: of uh, you know North Carolina aren't so much there, but uh, but the
1: citizens of San Francisco should be a little bit more. That's true. Aware, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it just also goes to underscore. I mean, trans people suffer violence and murder at yeah. an exponential rate over the rest of the population. Yeah. And uh, the idea that you have to defend yourself against their existence, She's not even doing anything, right. just the fact that there potentially could be one in your house is a cause for alarm and panic. Um, and the fact that a mainstream movie would be like, yeah, they'll get it. The audience will understand why this needs to happen. Uh, it just uh, makes you think, especially yeah. in this. this... In, watching it today. Yeah. Um the re- I mean the other one that I think of, I mean the judge isn't really painted as a sympathetic character anyway, and it's sort of, and he uh he does hint at the fact that the fact that uh, Robin Williams is dressing as an old woman uh is a reason to keep him under you know uh, right. surveillance. Yeah. Uh during his his visits with the kids. It's probably his lying and attempted murder that really should keep him at an, at, at least at an arm's length from the children but Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, it he seems has a, to be based on the fact that he was living his life as a 60-year-old woman. Right. The, I, I mean, would the, say 70 judge. Yeah, for real. Although, you know, 60 then was the was the old 70, you know? Now a 70 is the new 60 is what I'm trying to say. So who knows like 60 in 1994 would probably look like 70 to us. Well, inflation. You know. Yeah. It's true. Uh, the fed they kept upping the ages
0: the judge has a legitimate point not about not about him dressing as a woman but just about his subterfuge and
1: his his unorthodox lifestyle is committing crimes left right right yeah exactly like like deceiving
0: everyone and he does mention that but he seems more hung up on the part that like it's like that's not it seems the least of our problems here Like what? It what if he dressed as an old man that was the nanny? Then then that then it's fine.
1: That would just be coming to America. The barbershop scenes and coming to America. Yeah. Uh, what am I getting at? Oh, well, let's talk about Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack. Uh, well yes. On the subject of okay. queerness. Um, they're fantastic in this. I wish they were in it more. Yeah. Uh, they do get two good scenes, two or three good scenes, uh, especially. I mean, the fucking montage. Which is what it's prompted me to want really to funny. do this movie as our, uh, as one of our movies, um, the montage of just putting Robin Williams in different makeup. Yeah, uh, which one is a great scene. Love a montage. Love a shopping montage. A dressing montage, and just montages in general. And you get like pretty much all three. Yeah. Um. But. He's already created a voice for this character at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's already had is, the phone interview. You for you, dear. Uh, and so they put him in a big black wig with giant fingernails, like Dolly Parton length fingernails, uh, which does not match anything. Um, they dress him up like explicitly like Barbara Streisand. Um, they do dress him up pretty much like Yen to the Matchmaker yeah. in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Which makes more sense because he's obviously doing older woman, but there's no reason for the first two that they do. It's no. absolutely ludicrous. Um, but it's trying charming. on
0: wigs at that point. What do you think? What do you think about as as a gay man? What do you think about there? My
1: name's Damon. I'm the gay man.
0: <laughs> <do you> <laughs> gay corner with gay Damon. Um, Welcome. Sit a spell. <laughs> what do you think of their the representation because uh, they're like the only gay characters in this movie, but they are gay characters in this movie. Yeah, or that we know of.
1: I mean, the fact that not only is there a gay character in this movie, but he's in a relationship that is shown on screen and shown to be sort of playful and just barely remarked upon. Yeah. um, is a huge step, and I feel like kind of underrated for this movie. It's not really remembered of that movie, and it's kind of amazing that they did that. Yeah. Um, and that it wasn't edited out or it wasn't like something that was hinted at. Like you'd have these two men working together and maybe, they, maybe they live together. Aunt Jack. Like, yeah, Uncle yeah. Frank and Aunt Jack, um, which is charming in its light homophobia. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't bother me that much. And honestly, Jack looks like someone who'd be like, call me Aunt Jack. <laughs> right. Well, and
0: it's that's probably the most homophobia that's... Thrown at them at this particular couple, would yeah. you say? In this, way? I mean, it's like not not to say that any is good, but it's like it's it's playfully done, and
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's it's I would say it's harmless. I
0: think it's pretty good, especially for a movie in nineteen
1: ninety three, where we've seen other movies not not fare so well. Um, I mean, it's sort of muddled by the sort of like the weird transphobic moments yeah. that keep cropping up there were a lot more than i expected i forgot about the don't fork with the males the kids who see uh, daniel changing at one point oh,
0: why do yeah
1: they they keep uh, his
0: neighbor kids
1: and they're like oh sick when they see that he has yeah. he has a mom. outfit that has breasts attached to it um and they yeah they call their mom like "What what the fuck she's supposed to do anyway Oh, I gotta go uh, go get the trans person across the street. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to do. Yeah, it is sort of muddled. I wish they had come back. We do get a hint that Frank's going to be the next guest on Mrs. Doubtfire's show. Um, right? Uh, she says that uh, we'll have Frank on next week, who's a makeup artist, which is fun as well. I I love that he's given this job that, while not stereotypical, I can also imagine a lot of my gay friends who are like into horror, into like you know into Halloween a lot. Would totally want to be a makeup artist. Yeah. So it seemed like really believable and like a fleshed out character. I do want to. I mean, this show, this movie is very good at really fleshing out their characters a lot. I think that's great.
0: We go to the verdict.
1: Yeah. Still.
0: Before we do the verdicts. Can I just put can I can we just give Sally Field the Catherine O'Hara Memorial?
1: Oh yeah, the Memorial uh Catherine O'Hara MVP award. Yeah. Just yeah. for that
0: for that ten seconds of reacting to oh, she's the big great. reveal. It's amazing. Okay. Verdict. Damon.
1: Uh I'm kind it? of a little torn. I feel like a, it's a very funny movie, although not as like it's really just like a tour de force by Robin Williams, which I mean it's kind of, it's not like there's a lot of big comedians in it as well. It's really just him. It's a lot yeah. more dramatic than I remember. It's, it's on the verge of being a dramedy almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of dated elements. The most being those those weird moments where it bumps up against like queerness and transness, uh, where it really does not acquit itself very well. Um, there are like highlights Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack, which are very charming uh the fact that it doesn't fall into the shrill wife trope or the villainous new lover trope for Pierce Brosnan um and I also like that they they i mean they stay divorced at the end. It talks about divorce being sometimes a very healthy thing for two individuals yeah. to go through that you know sometimes they shouldn't be together
0: doesn't mean very it, t- it doesn't
1: invalidate their time together but maybe that time is past and they need to be apart now
0: there's a very touching speech that gave me hot eyes at the end yeah. where uh, in mrs Doubtfire's, uh character she talks about how families are you know as long as they're love sometimes people you mm-hmm. know don't see each other for mo- days or months or weeks or years but they if there's love they'll always be a family all this kind of stuff
1: <laughs> yeah that is a great that is a good uh speech to end on uh, and it seems like that seems to be the real push of the the movie yeah. um i'm i will say i mean with some really strong caveats that uh your inner child is not an idiot uh this is a good movie asterisk barry bond style
0: yeah i agree with you uh your inner child is not an idiot with some reservations, uh, like the, all the all the things you mentioned, it's I mean, just I really like,
1: can only think of the trans stuff. as I mean, that's the fact really that it's it. Really
0: acquits women well. It really acquits like yeah. She she's not a one uh, Sally Field's is not a one note character. She she like works too much. But even that like trope is like. She justifies that, but she cares about her job. She's, she's also a at, single mother. Now. She's good at her job. She had like, he's constantly losing work. So she's the single breadwinner. Eventually she does like come to value her family more. She changes, she grows through the help of Mrs. Doubtfire and, and her uh, new love interest. And yeah, everybody kind of grows a little bit and you know, it's good. It's really the, it's just the transphobia stuff that's, a, which we knew was coming. Yeah. Um, I didn't remember the specific instances really, but like, yeah, it's, it's like,
1: and I don't want to like portray it as a, like an overarching theme. It's just one of those things, and this happens a lot when you're watching older movies, where it hap- it's- pops its head up, and then it goes away enough for you to be like, okay, it's all past, and then right. it's right there again. And it's like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, it's like a jump scare, transphobic jump scare. Oh, it's just the cat jumping on the trash cans. <laughs> oh, God, transphobia, you got me again. Please stop doing that. Um, but I mean, it, it really is sort of like a bad note in an otherwise like great movie that doesn't need, like went above and beyond what it needed to do. I feel like it could have gotten away on the, the shtick of like a man dressing up as an old woman. Yeah. Um, and it does sometimes fall. I called it the Betty White trick where sometimes it just seems like an excuse for Robin Williams to pretend to be an old woman saying foul things right
0: and like flipping right, Pierce flipping birds now, but, and yeah. throwing
1: fruit and checking out women and yeah. Um, but yeah it's not I don't want to like portray it as like I mean it's not like cruising or something it's not it's not some horribly transphobic thing it's not like the, the end of Silence of the Lambs it's just it just pops up enough to be jarring and right. you're like oh right 1993
0: got it got it what do you think, everybody? Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com is our email. You can email us and let us know what's going on. If you uh, want us to cover something else, you have some comment, you want to leave a voicemail, 615-576-0525. You can leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. We're on all the social meds. We're on all the
1: social meds. Social meds. Insta. Face. Twit. Go on there. Tumb. Google your inner child an idiot. You'll find Grindr. us. Grinder. Tinder. JDate. We're all on them.
0: Become a patron of our podcast, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. I want to thank our current patrons, including Jacob Grimm. Oh, uh, His Honor the Mayor. Jeremy Powell, Joshua Nicholson. Karen Kurd. Larissa Maestro. oh my. Dan McIntyre. Ghost in the Burbs. Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. We really appreciate your support. If you want to support like them, you can go to patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. Ban
1: Bennett! Beanie. Beanie. Remember when we did
0: a dramatic reading of those lyrics, and it was just like, "There's a dude."
1: I'm fairly sure Steven Teller fucked a drag queen, is what he I'm was getting. Like a lady, this. but he
0: was like, you know, fuck it, i cool, man. Let's do this. I think that I think that lady is actually a dude, but hey, okay. do me when you're feeling do me, do me, do